Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Memcast. Today we have Dr. Rizvi, one of our specialty doctors at Boston Hospital. He works in education and diabetes and today's topic is going to be diabetic feet and their assessment and management. Hello Dr. Rizvi. Hi Rachel, thanks for having me here today. I plan to talk to you about how to assess a patient with diabetes, foot ulcers or any other complications. And I think it's quite important to understand that a proper examination of these patients is vital for their management. It's important to examine these patients for foot problems because amputation, that is the ultimate result of any foot infection, is a leading cause for early mortality. According to the latest data, there are estimates of about 26% of the diabetics end up in diabetes foot problems ultimately leading to amputation and as you're aware that amputation has devastating effect on the not only quality of life but the lifespan as, as well. Mm-hmm. It's worth starting with the examination. The first part is to make sure that this examination is done in a patient who has diabetes because there are other conditions which can lead to similar problems in the feet and one specific question in history like if you have diabetes of about 10 to 15 years duration unfortunately it is not always possible to make that certain because some of the type 2 diabetics they are diagnosed late so a good practice point is to do the examination of the feet whenever they are diagnosed firsthand so the examination starts with inspection of the feet the person ideally should be lying in the bed both the feet should be exposed if there is a dressing on any of the feet it should be removed and the first thing that you look for is the any asymmetry this examination is a neurovascular examination so you're looking for the neurological pathology and the vascular abnormalities in these patients so when i'm looking at the feet i'm looking for any change in the color so there are two possibilities either one foot is looking like more red or hyperemic is it due to the autonomic neuropathy that leads to the vasodilatation or if one of the leg or foot is looking like pale is it because of the peripheral vascular disease so inspection for the color is the first thing that i would do and then I would look for any change uh, over the skin, any loss of hair, any cracks on the skin. Loss of hair is generally due to the ischemic changes, cracks or anhydrosis is due to the effect of autonomic neuropathy. If there is any asymmetry in the bulk of the muscles, then I'm thinking about any mononeuritis that is also part of the complication in diabetes and where one side is atrophied or weaker than the other side and then the posture general posture of the patient is there any deformities is there any swelling are there any ulcers on dorsal or plantar aspect and you look into the interdigital areas fungal infection and you look at the nails especially the big toes for the presence of any fungal infection because these are all part of the diabetes picture and these people they do have more vulnerability for fungal infection in those sites 
So after this initial inspection, the vascular examination is done by touching the feet and checking for the temperature. If one of the feet is feeling a bit warmer, you normally do a temperature check by a laser thermometer and objectively record it if there is a difference in temperature, especially if it is more than one degrees. The other thing is to check for the peripheral pulses in the feet. There are two major vessels in the feet, anterior and posterior tibial arteries. On the dorsal aspect of the feet, anterior tibial artery is palpated and while the posterior tibial artery is palpated at the back of medial malleolus. Many of these patients, they have lymphedema. So it is not always possible to palpate these vessels easily. In those situations, you can use a Doppler probe. Sometimes it is useful to Doppler to just record whether this is monophasic, biphasic or normal triphasic thing. That will give you a better idea as to how bad the vascular condition is. After this vascular examination, we'll go for the neurological examination, which is done with the help of a vibrating tunic fork above 128 Hz. And that tunic fork is used on the bony parts from the periphery and it is brought to the proximal areas. So the first point is at the tip of hallux. Now, let me tell you that this nerve damage done in the diabetes is not following any dermatomal patterns. So I would do the examination of one foot leg and then I'll do the examination of the other one and I recorded that separately because it's common to find it asymmetry in the nerve damage. So I've started at the big toe or hallux. That is the first bony point. If the patient says that he or she doesn't feel any vibration sense, then I would go to the talus and then to the medial malleolus, the subcutaneous border and the mid shaft of tibia and tibial tuberosity, patella, and ultimately to the anterior superior spine. And I will repeat this for the other foot as well. Some of these patients, they require a check of these vibration sensations because they, it is difficult for them to understand the metal sensation or the vibration sensations. So I check it on their hands first, or if they have developed for any reason the numbness in the hand, then I'll check on, on their sternum. I'll make sure that they understand the difference between the metal and the vibration. To be on the safer side, I'll ask them to close their eyes. The second thing is to check for the sensations, and that is done by standard tool we call 10 gram monofilament. Now that tool is used only on the plantar surface at five specific points of your own choice can be at the back of hallux and two or three toes and the heel or it can be hallux two toes in the middle of the foot and heel so there are five points that should be assessed for the presence of sensation and that too is done after asking the person to close the eyes many of these patients they have difference in the sensation in the two sides so I'm going to record this as how many points the patient is able to appreciate out of five. This is going to be very helpful for anybody who's going to examine this patient later on to see if the condition has gone worse 
or it is stabilized due to the management. So if your diabetic patient has already had an amputation, how would you assess the temperature difference in that foot? All right, that's a very good question. If you're checking, if you're using the laser thermometer, ideally you should check the same joint on the two sides. But suppose if the person is below knee amputated on the right side, you first check the knee on the both sides and make sure that they are similar temperatures. And then you compare the left foot with the left knee joint. And if you find it high, because ideally the temperature at the foot should be lower than the knee. But if it is, even if it is equal, it is less than one degree, it is taken as normal. But if it is higher than that, you take it as a positive temperature. So I've seen patients with um, diabetic feet that have developed deformities before, and um, primarily things like Charcot foot. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like? The Charcot foot is also called neuropathic foot. The neuropathic foot can be due to other reasons other than diabetes, but since we are talking about diabetic foot, in diabetics, the Charcot foot would present like an acute hot joint. When the person comes, you will see the swelling, obviously. Majority of these patients, they do not have pain, which helps you differentiate it from the infected process. But obviously, until you do an MRI, you cannot rule out osteomyelitis in these conditions. To make the things more difficult, some of these patients, they do have osteomyelitis in addition to shark or foot. So it is really important to have the MRI done and to be absolutely sure whether there are charcoals or this is osteomyelitis or both together. But they do present as acute hot red joint. The charcoal foot occurs, it's a rare complication, but it happens after initial trauma to the joints of the feet. As you know that due to the nerve damage, the damage to the nerve to the ligaments would make the talocalcinian joint quite vulnerable for these type of insults. So if a small trauma initiates this process and due to the background autonomic neuropathy, increased amount of blood would lead to increased osteoclastic activities and that will further damage the bones. Ultimately, it will collapse the foot arch and at the extreme of conditions it will lead to what is called a rocker bottom foot. So it's an important condition to recognize because it can be treated if it is recognized early with pressure of loading, specialized shoes to prevent further ulcerations. But if it is not treated it would definitely lead to an amputation. Okay, thank you. Is there a way of us grading the severity of these diabetic feet? Yes, we grade them according to the guidelines, obviously, and NICE recommends protocol called SINBAD, S-I-N-B-A-D, S is for the site, I for ischemia, N is for presence of neuropathy, B is for bacterial infection, A is for area, and D is for depth of the ulcer itself. So all these six characters will carry one mark if they present. So a person is graded from 
0.026. So we've talked about the assessment of a diabetic foot. How do we manage patients? When we talk about the management, it uh, is three-dimensional. The first thing is to prevent further damage. We call it foot education. So you tell the patient how to look after the feet. Many times it's just an inspection of the feet every night before going to bed, looking through the interdigital space, looking at the surface of their feet. They can take help from a mirror, putting the mirror on the floor and looking at the reflection, keeping in good control of their blood sugars. These are the things that can prevent any further damage. And the second thing is the role of drugs. There are three major drugs which are used in these situations because some of these patients, they develop peripheral painful neuropathy and that is due to the nerve damage. Now this pain control is done by either a tricyclic antidepressant, semitriptyline, or an SNRI, which is duloxetine, or an anti-epileptic drug, gabapentin. Some of these people, they respond to amitriptyline. Not everybody would respond to the same regime. So you need to try and find out which is the best for these patients. Another thing is if they are found to have infective process going on, they need antibiotics. Penicillin-based antibiotics are usually required. But some of the cases where the infection is deep, they require bone-penetrating antibiotics as well. So microbiologists is also part of our multidisciplinary team. The third aspect is to take help from the orthotist for a proper shoe wear because these people they have developed neuropathy and they are vulnerable for these ulcers. They require specialized shoes and orthotist is, is an expert in making those shoes for them. Not only when they have these ulcers but also after they have amputation, they require specialized shoes and orthotists are going to make them. When they are seen in the specialized clinic, we call it diabetes foot clinic, and that is a multidisciplinary clinic run by a diabetes consultant along with a podiatrist, diabetes specialist nurse. Other than her, the fracture clinic is also available for any plaster of Paris cost, especially for proper offloading of these ulcerated wounds or sometimes due to the sharp cause. The vascular surgeon is also part of the team who is also available for any ischemic patients. After osteomyelitis, some of these patients, they can develop gangrene, blackening of the toes or a part of the foot. So in those situations, a vascular surgeon's input is required. So peripheral neuropathy is quite a common case, especially that comes up in our exams. How do we differentiate between a diabetic peripheral neuropathy and perhaps other causes? And what might those other causes be? It depends on talking to the patient, taking proper history. If the person is diabetic, the very likely possibility of this peripheral neuropathy is secondary diabetes. But if the person is not diabetic, you, you have to ask about various other possibilities. The other likely possibility is, is it because of some toxins like alcohol and lead poisoning or mercury poisoning? There are other less likely possibilities like B12 deficiency or some infection like HIV or leprosy. Another likely possibility if the person has been treated for malignancy. 
malignancy itself can lead to this type of neuropathy but some of these patients they develop it after chemotherapy all these are possibilities and what are the investigations well other than mri when you are suspecting the infection you go for the blood test to find out the biochemical markers of infection and then taking a swab sending for culture sensitivity because uh, that will give you the susceptible organisms and to decide about which antibiotics uh, are required and obviously the blood sugar control many of these people they have very poor blood sugar control so hba1c although they have their regular checks on hba1c if it is not done for many months it's worth doing it to see how bad the blood sugar control is mm-hmm. and you mentioned having this diabetic foot assessment on their first presentation um, and then regularly throughout their life how often would a patient be expected to come for a foot assessment and are there any other microvascular complications that they might need screening for if they are acutely unwell they are initially given some treatment cleaning dressing pressure offloading and they are seen in a week's time or two weeks time the progression of the disease is very very slow at the same time the recovery is also slow so these people they require regular checkup until their wounds are healed and that is every 2 to 3 weeks these people after their wounds are healed or ulcers are healed up they are followed up at the community podiatrist clinic every 3 months the the podiatrist or any diabetes specialist nurse is trained in foot assessment they are going to look for the progression of this neuropathy or presence of any new signs these people are also told to contact the diabetes specialist nurse or the community nurse or the gps if they developed any ulcers while they are in between time so that they can be seen immediately and they can be referred to the specialized clinics if required now because it's one of the microvascular complication the other microvascular complications is uh, other than neuropathy is retinopathy and nephropathy unfortunately the studies have shown that the people with nephropathy they have poor prognosis if they develop foot problems because the microvasculature is involved in both the places and prognosis is not very good these people are also having problems in their vision because of the retinopathy and for the same reasons they have difficulty in finding their way and they are likely to injure their feet while walking even at home and they are less likely to be able to see their feet for any changes the the worst is because they can't see anything they can't even feel any pain because of the neuropathy so it is really a difficult situation for them if they have developed retinopathy and nephropathy along with this neuropathy mm-hmm. okay um thank you very much dr rusi that was a brilliant explanation of diabetic feet and thank you all for listening we'll see you again next week for the next episode of memcast